Deaconess Tansy, and I'd like to welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Welcome. 
God bless you. This is Executive Pastor Lewis Johnson. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join the Liberty Christian Church International Broadcast this morning. Greetings to you, you, and you. Today I'm doing something different. I'm actually standing at a stoplight downtown. And God uh, stopped me for a second and he says, guess what, no matter how busy you are, no matter how busy your life can get, that guess what, this stoplight has to control the narrative. It has to control the flow of traffic. And I'm controlling the flow of traffic in and throughout the trajectory of your life. I've come to tell somebody today that it's never too busy to trust the process and trust the plan of God. Doesn't matter what's going on around you, doesn't matter what you're facing, doesn't matter what you're dealing with, I'm standing at the intersection and I'm trusting God to control the narrative concerning my life. I'm speaking blessings over you today. I'm speaking favor over you today. I'm speaking power over you today that God is not through blessing you and he's not through doing something awesome and extraordinary in your life. I'm praying now that the hand of God continue to make himself known to you in the name of Jesus, that glory and honor and the transformative and executive powers of God will continue to be made manifest in your life. Father, speak a word today. Have your way in the praise and worship. Have your way in every aspect of this service and in this space. Get the glory out of us continually as we set our affections on things above and not on things on the earth. We seek your face even now. Let your will be done in this moment. Bless our pastor, give him a word of courage, boldness, and authenticity and authority that you will continue to have your way and speak your voice through his vocal cords in the name of Jesus. Let your will be done as we set ourselves in agreement with the word of God. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Let your will be done this day in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for joining us once again. Stay tuned for more ministry. morning liberty here are your weekly announcements all partners if you have not responded to the physical worship survey please do so by thursday october 1st 2020 liberty's first voter registration day was an amazing success and we want to thank all of those that participated liberty is looking for bilingual volunteers for community outreach opportunities please contact our church office at 301-887-5259. Guess what, Liberty? After all this time of social distancing, let's come together for a night of fun. Please join us for a gospel night of skating and fellowship on Friday, October 2nd from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Contact Deaconess Tansy for more details. Last but not least, with the holiday season fast approaching, we have partnered with Bethel Stand for Life Outreach Ministries to deliver food to a homeless men's shelter. There will be more information to come about ways to help. These have been your LCCI Weekly Announcements. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. One.
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are a miracle Yeah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we prepare our hearts and minds for the word, let us just take a moment just to just to glorify God. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits this place that you are. He's not worried about what happened yesterday in your life because he's a deliverer. He's not worried about what happened in your past because he delivered you from your past. So right now, at this moment and at this time and in this season of your life, God is saying, stop forgetting, forget as Paul, he told Paul, forgetting those things which are behind you, I press forward towards my mark, which is my high calling in Christ Jesus. So right now, there's somebody right now who simply needs to know that it's time to press forward. It's time to keep moving. It's time to go forward because he's your way maker. He's your miracle worker. There's somebody right now who's in need of a miracle. And the Bible says that if you open up your mouth, if you believe by faith, that we walk by faith and not by sight, that anything is possible, that things can change in your life, that deliverance can take place in your life, that healing can take place in your life. And at this time and at this moment and in this season of your life, no matter what it is, no matter how you got here, God is here. He's telling you that, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil. He said he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So I dare you to go ahead and get your utensils because it's time to eat in the presence of your enemies. It's time to eat in the presence of who thought that they destroyed you, who thought that they killed you, who thought that they counted you out. It's time for you to eat in the presence of those people. Not in a boastful way, but simply to say, I got a God that's bigger than your test. I got a God that's bigger than your trials. I got a God that's bigger than all your situations. And because he loves me, because he holds me in his hand, it's nothing you can do that can separate me from it. For the word says, Neither death, nor life, nor powers, nor principalities could separate me from his love. And so, Father God, in the midst of all that we're experiencing, all that we're doing, all that we've gone through, we simply come to you saying, thank you, God. So, God, on this morning, all the songs of Zion have been sung. The prequel, the, 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 the preliminary things have been done, God, and it is simply time for your word. God, speak through this, your servant. Speak through me in a mighty way so lives can be changed, deliverance can take place, uh, lives, souls can be saved, and you can get the glory, God. I give no, I, I take no honor, I take no authority, I take no majesty, I give it all to you, God. Now hide this, your servant, behind the cross so the people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. It is in your son Jesus' matchless name that I pray. And declare it. Let the body of Christ say amen. 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 It is an awesome communion Sunday here at Liberty. And I'm so happy this is the first Sunday in the month of October. And we're going to shout. We're going to rejoice. We're going to praise. Uh, make sure you got your communion elements with you for this morning. Because this is an awesome day in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me hear somebody say, is it a house? Is it an awesome day to be in the presence of God? Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. We have a house full this morning. Amen. So we, we're going to get into some word today. If you have your Bibles, we've been in this awesome series dealing with the life of David. And I promise you, I'm not going to hold you too long this morning. I know I say that just about every week, but I promise you, I'm not going to hold you too long this morning. If you lift up your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you may have, and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Shout this. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. 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 Once again, we've been dealing in the book of Samuel, in the book of, well, we've been dealing with a couple of books this uh, for these last past three weeks where we've been between first and uh, second Kings, first and second Samuel, talking about the life of David. Somebody say David. Now, David was the king. I, 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 I'm a little biased there because I have a son named David. But David was the king of Israel. He was the anointed one. He was the one that God set apart while Saul was in power because of Saul's disobedience. And so David was the one that was anointed by the prophet Samuel. And David has had an awesome life so far. Last week, we talked about David and having a, a heart of grace. We talked about David and having a heart of courage. We talked about David. David and having a godly heart. So we've been hearing this wonderful story about King David. We heard about David and Goliath. We heard about David and how he dealt with Saul. And we heard about David and all these other wonderful tales. But how many people know that behind every good tale, there's always a backdrop? There's, there's always something that happened that people don't like to talk about. So this morning, I really want to deal with this thing about David and having a flawed heart. Somebody say flawed heart. This thing about David, and, and we know that he was the one that God said, from your lineage, from your bloodline will come the risen Savior. From your bloodline will come the one that I choose that's going to deliver my people. We know that Jesus came through the bloodline of David. But, but there is this story about David. David and 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 constantly people hear about this story and constantly people see this story and wonder how could David have done such a thing that we're going to talk about today. I, I, I'm ready to get into this thing this morning because I need you all to see that David was not a perfect person. David was not a perfect man. David had issues of his own. Somebody say David was a murderer. David was a uh, uh, David. Uh, David had idolized something. David had gone through a moment in his life where he wanted something from somebody else. But we know that the Bible says that God called David what a man after his own heart. So I came to deal with somebody and some things this morning and simply talk about having a flawed heart. If we look at scripture this morning, if you open up your Bibles to Second Samuel, the eleventh chapter, uh, dealing with the whole chapter, we're going 
going to look at the 11th and 12th chapter this morning, but I promise you I'm not going to hold you too long. I keep saying that, but I promise you that I, uh, I won't hold you too long, but I need you to get this story of David. David, the uh the second, ver- second book of Samuel, looking at the 11th chapter, looking at the 11th chapter, beginning at the first verse. And it simply says this, reading from the New American Standard Bible, you should already have your Bible. Matter of fact, while you're getting this up on your screen or in your, uh, in your Bible, go ahead and share this if you're on our social media page watching service this morning. Share this on your page because I need somebody to understand how you can be delivered from having a flawed heart, how you can be set free from having a flawed mindset, how you can be delivered and brought back into a place of grace simply because you serve an awesome God. You serve a God that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself this morning, but I need you to look at the second book of Samuel that's in the Old Testament right before the first and second book of Kings, but second Samuel looking at the 11th chapter. I gave you a moment to get there, but we're going to read it from the first verse all the way through for a second here because I need you to get this whole story into your spirit. I need you to get this whole understanding because once again, David was not a perfect man, but but David was a man after God's own heart. And the Bible says this in the first verse. It said, then it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle that David set Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Amnon and besieged Rabhat, excuse me. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about this woman and said, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah and Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. First mistake with David. He sent messengers and what? Took her. And when she came to him, he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanness, she returned to her house. But get this, the woman conceived and she sent and told David and said, what? I am pregnant. Uh, Real quick, I need you to grab hold this, grab hold of this statement that David did what nobody else should have done. David had a addiction. David had a wandering eye. And giving you the backdrop with this story yet again, David was, it's a certain time of the season where in, uh, in the remote parts of the Middle East where the kings had to show their power. They had been lying dormant all winter long. And when the spring came, the spring was time to take new territory, was time to show who, what he is, who they are, and what they've been able to accomplish or the battle strategies that they had done during the wintertime where, where they had got their groups together together and said, we can take this territory, we can take this land, we can do this and we can do that. This is this place that we find David at this morning. We find David where he's ready to send his armies to conquer and take more land. There's something in that right there by itself because so many times, so often, do we come out of a season of isolation ready to take 
the territory, ready to attempt for new jobs, ready to apply for new homes, ready to apply for new seasons in your life. You're ready to walk out into a new season, so you're already prepared yourself for this. So we see David having prepared his people, prepared his leaders, prepared his soldiers, prepared those that were around him for battle. And so now he sends them out. But get this, the king did not go anywhere. The king did not uh, step foot out on the battlefield. He said, I've trained you up enough that you can go battle. I've trained you up so much so that you can handle the task. You don't need me looking over your shoulder. You don't need me standing behind you. You can do this on your own. How many people know sometimes that God will tell you that I've trained you so much that I can send you out into the battle and I can send you ahead without me standing behind you because I, you pray so much. You've worshiped so much. You've been in my word so much so I can depend on you to go out and conquer some things. So, so we see in this story that the children of Israel, the warriors of Israel, went out and the Bible said and they destroyed the sons of Ammon. They, he destroyed them. So David did his job. But, but in the midst of David sending his people to do his job, David got a little cocky sitting at home one day. David was at home. The Bible says that he was at home on one evening and David decided to go for a walk. Now, 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 I'm trying to tell you this, that, that the Bible gives us this one-time account. But, but as a man or, or as a human being, how many times do you really think David had probably walked past this this place on his roof and seen Bathsheba down there taking a bath? Or, or was it just by happenstance that he got to her at this perfect time of the perfect day in the perfect moment where everything lined up in David's mind? David walked, the Bible says that David walked around the roof and while he was walking around the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. Yeah, first of all, let, 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 let us be honest. We, we seem to have a peeping Tom situation with King David. We seem to have David uh, just letting his mind wander when he sees this beautiful woman bathing. Now, 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 man, let me tell you this. Please don't walk out on your roofs or on your balcony and gaze at somebody taking a bath because I can tell you this, you're not King David and you'll end up in jail. Oh, I just came to park that real quick for somebody. You'll end up in jail. Same thing for the women. Please don't be looking at anybody's doors or anybody's windows because you will end up in jail. They call that peeping toms in this day and age. But David was a peeping tom for this moment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I told you, David. David may have been great and wonderful and other things, but David had a wandering eye. David had a lust for women, and, and the Bible says that he saw her bathing, and the, the woman was beautiful in appearance, and the Bible says that, so David sent and inquired about this woman. And because David inquired about this woman and David had something to say and wanted to know who she was. And, and I do believe that probably David knew everybody who lived around his palace. Uh, I'm pretty sure he knew where his, where his leaders lived at. But he wanted to know about this specific woman by the name of Bathsheba. She was the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And this is what his servant came back and told him. And David sent a message and what? And took her. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but 
I got a problem with that right there because David, because of his power, thought he could have anything he wants. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but don't get caught up in the power you possess, thinking you can have whatever you want, thinking you can do whatever you want to anybody, thinking you can go anywhere you want to go. Too often times do we see people in place of prominence and in power abusing the authority of their power. We see too many people that, that sit high on CEO benches, that sit high in pulpits, that sit high, oh, I'm coming down somebody's street, that sit high in these positions and they think they can manipulate and they think they can abuse whoever they want to abuse. And we see David in this place and at this time right now where he's in a posture of preparing himself to abuse the responsibility or the authority that he had. Somebody say, I can't abuse my power. I can't abuse my power. I, I gotta be, uh, I gotta have good character when nobody's watching me. I'm coming down somebody's road this morning. Uh, I got to have good character when I'm dealing with people. I got to have good character when I'm dealing with my finances. I got to have good character when I'm dealing with other people's money. I got to have good character when I'm dealing with things that I've been given the responsibility of taking care of. And too many times, us in that same position of David will manipulate systems just for our benefit. I don't care if it's from the pulpit. You've been manipulating. Uh, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready cause some problems real quick. You've been manipulating ministries. You've been manipulating pastors and, and teachers and preachers and prophets. You've been manipulating them for your gain and today it stops. Prophetically I came to declare that today the problem and the manipulation stops. Somebody don't want to share this this morning. I know I, I, I'm touching some toes this morning. And also let me get this straight. You also have some leaders in your camp that have been manipulating the pastor have been manipulating the bosses. So manipulation goes in many ways. Somebody say, I got to stop manipulating situations. I got to stop manipulating situations. So in the, the, the Bible says again in the first verse, in the spring and at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and, the, and besieged Rabbi, uh, but David remained. And get this, so, so this is a time in a position where David has to learn this and everybody in your camp has to stay on guard. Somebody say, I got to stay on guard. I got to stay on guard. And I, 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 yeah, I know you trust him with your whole life, but the Bible says to do what? To guard your heart. Uh, so, so, so sometimes you got to realize that just because you're in the fight doesn't mean you don't look at the people that got that said they had your back. Oh, what did I miss right there? Somebody missed that. That there are often times that people that say they got your back, people that say they're looking out for your best, people that say they're looking out for your best interest that really don't have your, your well being in their mind or in their purview. They're really not looking for your best being best to happen. They simply 
simply want to get you in the fight so it can uh, distract you because they chasing what you got. Oh, somebody missed that real quick. There's a battle that you've been fighting that the enemy, your frenemies, let me get that right, your frenemies are waiting for you to fall so they can go in behind you and manipulate the situation. Girls, you got some girlfriends that, that, that want your man, so they rather see you argue, they rather see you go through problems, they rather see you go through issues so that they can sweep in behind you because they've learned the strategy of the person they said was their friend. Mm, they, they've learned from you too much. This is not even in my notes, but I need to tell somebody this, that there, there are times where you can't tell everybody what you're doing. You can't tell everybody what you're going through at home. You can't tell everybody about your relationship. You can't tell that person because some people don't want the best for you. They want the best for them, and they know the best for them can potentially be what you have. So sometimes you got to make sure you stay on guard. Somebody say stay stay on God. I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching better than y'all responded. So no, this morning, I need you to know that David did this to, 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 to Uriah. And the Bible said that while, Dave, while, Uriah, while Uriah was out in the battlefield, that David sent his messengers and took her. It didn't say she came freely. The Bible says what? David sent his messengers and took her and and when she came to him he lay with her now too many people probably sit there and question how could she lay with david well when the king calls for you there's something that you have to do there is no saying no when the king calls you and back then there's no saying no to the king's request and too often times do so many people think that that that, that, that she wanted david but no it was the fact that the king called her the one with authority the one with power i don't know why i dealt with this subject on today when we start Domestic Violence Month where there are too many times where people with authority and people with power will call somebody and, you're, and the people will say, well, why didn't you get up and run? No, they had the power to keep me. They had the power to do certain things in my life. They had the power to, to, to tarnish my name. They had the power to do so many things. So I felt like I was helpless and had to stay. Too many children have been abused by, by adults with power, by big sisters with power, by big brothers with power. Too many people have been abused because of this mindset of have someone having power. And so now we got to get to a place where we're all staying on guard and watching for one another. Somebody say, I got to stay on guard. I got to stay on guard. Somebody say black man preach this morning. This morning, I'm feeling real good this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling myself this morning because what weakness begins to lurk in the mindset of the king? And David, the, the, the weakness begins to lurk because David sees this beautiful woman. David sees her bathing. So David got to see this woman in all her nakedness. David got to see her when all her glory while she was glistening. I'm trying to paint the backdrop to this for somebody. Somebody might need to cover up their kids ears real quick. They needed, he's, they saw her glistening. They saw her in this place where, where she looked amazing. Uh, and David probably said, oh my, I can see this down there. And, and this morning David said, I got to have it like coat. I, I gotta have that thing. I gotta have that person. And so now we see David sending his messengers 
to come get them. All right, your kids can, can take their hands off their ears. And, and so now we see David after he fantasized over Bathsheba, he sent his men to go get her. His weakness had been building up on the inside of him. We're still talking about David who did not kill Saul in a cave. We're still talking about David who with a slingshot took down Goliath. We're still talking about David that when he became king and the Ark of the Covenant was brought back into Israel, the Bible said that David danced out of his clothes. We're still talking about this David that was anointed, David that wrote the book of Psalms, David that was a psalmist, a singer. Oh, and I, and, and I got I, I to gotta believe that David probably was standing on top of that tower of his palace and he probably began to sing some Barry White a little bit. Uh, he began to sing some, some songs and, and, and Bathsheba probably was over there just listening with her ear while she was bathing. Oh, I, I, I may be paraphrasing this and putting this in Pastor Thomas' context. But I believe that there were some things taking place that the Bible does not say that happened on that roof because just seeing her, she probably got down it and heard the whisper. And because her husband was gone, she felt a little lonely. My, my, my next point this morning is simply this. Uh, in moments of loneliness, you still got to stay on guard. You still got to stay, make sure that your weakness does not lurk. I, 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 I had to put that one in there this morning because I, I, I'm believing that the enemy, when he comes in and he finds a way in, that he will manipulate the situation and the circumstances. So once we're staying on guard because the weakness and all of us have weaknesses. That, that's what I need you to understand this morning. David is no different than you or me. It's just how David went and applied his weakness. See, uh, Pastor Thomas has a thing for electronics, so don't let me go in Best Buy when I ain't got no money because I'm going to look and I'm a, uh, my weakness is going to be seeing what I want next. Uh, but David, the king's weakness was a lust of the eye. And we know the Bible talks about the lust of the eye, the, the lust of the flesh. And so now we see David in this place where he sent messengers and he took her. And the Bible says when she came to him, he lay with her and she had purified herself from her uncleanness. So Bathsheba knew that she was wrong. She didn't just get up and, and just lay there in mess. But, but the second and third verse says this. On one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. And the man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. This is what David did not do. Because I need you to get hold of this. David, the king, never set boundaries. Mm. See, being on top of the pyramid, being on top of the ladder gives you the vision to see everything beneath you. And I, and, and I believe that if David did not want to have a lustful eye, David could have done what? Built boundaries. He could have built the wall a little higher. But, but David probably wanted to see everything that was going on in the kingdom. And he had no boundaries set. Uh, too many times in your life that, that, that when things are, are available to you, you will not set, you have not, and you will not set boundaries in your life. 
Yeah, just because you got millions, just because you got thousands, does not mean that you just buy whatever you want to buy. Uh, you have to set boundaries just because you have the best voice or just because you can argue the best doesn't mean you don't have to set boundaries. There are boundaries that need to be set in your life. Whether you're an A student, whether you're a C student, you still have to set boundaries in your life. Whether you have authority over hundreds, authority over one, authority over 10, you still have to set boundaries in your life. I need somebody to understand what a boundary is when you can say that I have the ability to do something, but I restrict myself from doing it. That's a boundary. When you say that I can go forward with this, but you know that it's not right, so you set boundaries. When you say that even though I looked at something I might want, I'm still setting boundaries so I can't obtain it because it's not right. It's not for me in this season of my life. It's not for me at this time of my life. Somebody declare, I got to set boundaries. I got to set boundaries. Boundaries of what? Anybody ever had a, 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 a sugar a, a sugar addiction? Where you know you want sugar, you know that the that, that that ice cream and candy and pie and cake all taste good, and you you've gotten to a place where you sat there and ate cake after cake, piece after piece, time after time, and yet and still you got to a place where your stomach started to hurt. Why? Because you did not set boundaries on how much you had. You ever been sitting down in a in another month and a half or so at Thanksgiving and you simply ate too much and your eyes got too big for your stomach because you did not set boundaries on what you were going to eat. You simply said, I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to enjoy this plate. I want pan after pan or plate after plate of macaroni and cheese. Have you ever done that with your finances when you went to the mall and you said, I'm only going in here to buy me a shirt and a pair of shoes, but you came out with five pairs of shoes, two purses, six pair of jeans, and a brand new hat. And you said, what am I doing? Because you could not set boundaries. Have you ever done that in a relationship where you said, oh, now I'm coming down some real streets real quick, where you said, I I'm not going to do a certain thing. You went out to dinner. You said you was going to the movies and somehow you made it back to the house. And when you made it back to the house, you made it somewhere you had no business because you did not set boundaries. Boundaries come about in anything in any situation. Anybody ever had this situation in ministry or in the church where you said that you were only going to be here but your and your family needed you but you decided to stay because you could not set the boundaries. So you have to build boundaries because we see that temptation comes from boundaries. Temptation calls in the moments of these situations. Temptation calls in the, in, in the midst of it because David could have just simply walked, looked, and kept on going. But because David was the king and had no boundaries, what happened? He allowed temptation to take over. David allowed the, the lust of his flesh to chase after something he should not have had. So we see David not being able to, to set the boundaries. And when, when things happen, guess what happened? Temptation called. 
uh, temptation said, David, I see what you like. David, I see what you want. Temptation is like Satan when Satan took him up on the mountain and said, I'll give you all of this if you bow down and worship me. And, and so Jesus said, no, I, I, the, I should have no other God before me. And, and so now when we see David in this place where he was not able to set boundaries and he allowed temptation to pull him in. Anybody ever allowed temptation to pull them in? I'm going to talk to my kids this morning. I'm going to talk to a couple of y'all this morning when you know that you're supposed to do homework, and, but that game on Roblox called you a little stronger. Um, you, you, you know that you were supposed to do uh, your chores, but, but the bed felt real comfortable. You, 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 you know that you were supposed to do other things, and, but yet and still, some, a temptation called you and said, I'll wait and do it a little bit later. And then you end up in trouble. What about my people that's at work? You had that project that's supposed to be due on Friday that you could have started two weeks ago. But now it's Thursday and you're like, dang, I got to get this project done. I, because, I, because temptation told me I could wait to a later time. Uh, I'm dealing with some, some, some minor stuff right here. But how many of you are in relationships where temptation has been calling and you haven't been able to sustain it or deal with the temptation. Temptation to curse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're dealing with some people real quick. You, you, you constantly tell people you're okay with uh, around people that, that constantly curse and, and you're like, I can deal with it. But then you find in the moments and times where your mouth just get a little reckless. Who am I dealing with? The temptation. The temptation to say what you want to say out of your mouth. The temptation to act like you want to act when you know that there's a better standard to live. Somebody declare, I got a standard to live by. I got a standard to live by. So I cannot allow temptation's call to attract me. So we see David, and I'm, I'm moving forward. Give me about 15 more minutes and we'll be out of here. But I see, we see David where he allowed the temptation and the lust for Bathsheba to make him do what? call her to call her and, and the bible says that david sent the messengers and they took her that that means there was a forceful taking of her there was a forceful taking of her and so now we see david making somebody else an accomplice or a participant in his temptation it says he she laid with him and i'm i'm, I'm gonna give you that that challenge to read the rest of that because I told you that she got pregnant. He laid with her. Uh, she got up. She purified herself from uncleanness because she knew what she had done was wrong. Uh, she probably felt like there was no other choice because she was in the presence of the king. And even though her husband was a leader, her husband could not stand up to the king. So she gave into the king, gave the king what he wanted. But then the Bible says that she purified herself uh, from her uncleanness. And it says she returned to her house. But then something crazy happened. She got back and she probably said, well, I'll let this go. This, this was a one-time issue. But the Bible says she got pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how many of y'all done seen that happen, that, 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 that late night? Oh, I'm going to be real with my guys real quick. That late night phone call wound up in 18 years of payments. Uh, the, the, those women who, uh, yeah, that late night phone call while your husband was at work wound up 
uh, somebody showing up at your door. Who am I dealing with this morning? I'm, 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 I'm talking real this morning. I need you to hear this. I'm, I'm, I'm not sugarcoating this thing this morning. I don't sugarcoat when we talk about real issues. That's, that's one thing that we do here at Liberty. We talk about the real issues. But, but this moment where the issue seemed to have been covered up, but yet and still, she ended up pregnant. This not a Maury moment for us. This 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 not who's your the, the father is moment. This was a moment where we find a hard situation happening with one of God's chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 getting quiet there because I want to be careful with this because there are many leaders that are chosen by God that end up in bad situations there are many leaders who think that they can cover up their mess and the mess has already pregnated and birthed something else oh who am i dealing with this morning i'm not just talking about in the physical sense you've been manipulating you've been abusing you've been uh taking advantage of people for so long and you keep thinking it that it's going to be hidden under the auspices of I'm a leader but yet and still God is beginning to allow some things to be exposed to the world and some things that cannot be taken back and and so now we see that this happened because David slept with Bathsheba and they conceived a child I want you when you get a chance to read the 6 the rest of that chapter because I don't have time to go all into that but I need you to read verse number six through the rest of that chapter because I promise you I said I was going to get us out of here earlier so 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 now I need you to jump over with me to second Samuel the 12th chapter because to put in the content what happened I need you to hear this from this standpoint we we know that David we know that the that 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 at this moment, the pregnancy had been discovered. David took drastic measures to get rid of Bathsheba's husband. David sent one of his closest leaders out on the battlefield to the front line of the fiercest battle. I'm giving you a quick synopsis of this. The quickest, the, 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 the fiercest battle because he needed him dead to cover up He needed him dead to cover up his own wrongdoing. So David, first, 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 let me let me go back real quick. Because David took Uriah and told Uriah, he brought Uriah home. He tried to get Uriah to go sleep with his own wife, but Uriah, being a man of loyalty, wouldn't even go home because the Ark of the Covenant was not in-house because the rest of the leaders were not in-house the ark of the so uriah said i can't even go sleep in my own house because we're on assignment and we're on a mission and it would be wrong for me to go sleep in my own house in the comfort of my own bed while the rest of my fellow people are out here battling for our nation for our country so uriah would not do that then david even went as far as getting uriah drunk and tried to get him to go home. But Uriah, Uriah still did not fulfill what David was attempting to do. 
Do you know sometimes in our life that the people that do the wrong thing will try to get us to do the right thing to cover up their wrong thing? So we see Uriah not accepting or taking any of David's things to do this. And so now the Bible says that if you jump over to the 12th chapter, the Bible said the Lord sent Nathan to David. This was after Uriah had died. David had taken Bathsheba as his wife. They were pregnant with child. And so David felt like he did everything he needed to do to cover up this situation. Uh, but how many people know that you can't cover up when you mess it with oh, Jesus? You can't cover up sin with more sin. The only thing that can forgive you of sin is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that can forgive you of sin is bringing that thing to the Lord and saying, Lord, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. The, 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 the only thing that could have set things straight is if David would have confessed and did the right thing. So, no, so now we see in the 12th chapter, I told you give me about 15 more minutes. The Lord sent, I know I said that 10 minutes ago, so <laughs> bear with me. The, the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and said, he gave David this story, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had great flocks, had, had, the rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and he grew it up with him and his children. It shared his food, it drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him, talking about the sheep. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for him. Instead, he took the ewe lab and that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. The Bible says that David, in verse number five, David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must, what? Die. Uh, he must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and did what? Had no pity. The Bible said in verse number seven, then Nathan said to David, guess what? You are that man. This is what the Lord says. The God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives to you into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Mm, this is what God was saying to David. And he said this. I need you all to see this bigger. I, I need you all to get this. He said, now, he said, uh, uh, in his eyes, he said, why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despise me and you took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity to you. 
before your very eyes, I will take your wives and, and give them to the one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but guess what? But I will do this thing in broad daylight before Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. I, I need you to hear these last couple of things this morning because at that moment where David realized just what the bad thing he had done, that God was ready to do the same thing to him, he said he would take his wives and give them to the one that's close to him so that he could sleep with them. He said, I will do all these things to you because you were like the rich man who 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 uh who had feelings for or who uh, idolize what the poor man had more than what I gave you. Too often times do we not cherish the things that God gave us because what somebody else has looks better. We won't cherish the things that God has blessed us with. We see that God has blessed us with a house. He's blessed us with a car. He's blessed us with children with great health. He's blessed us with a family that, that has no issues but yet and still there comes a moment in time where you say I want what the Joneses have. I want what everybody else has and Yet and still, you'll go out and seek after that, and you'll seek those things that are not meant for you to have. And so now we see David in this place. And the prophet Nathan came to him and said, no, all that you did in secret, God knows. Who can I tell this morning that God knows everything that you're doing? God knows every place that you've been. God sees everything that you've done in darkness. Yeah, you, you might think that God wasn't paying attention to the lies you told. You might think that God wasn't paying attention to the people that you cheated. You might think that God was not paying attention to the people you abused. You might think that God wasn't paying attention to all these things. But please believe me that God has a record of what you've done. God has a, a, a list of everything, every transgression that we've done. And if we don't get it right, if we don't find grace, if we don't find salvation, if we don't find mercy from God if we, because we have to do what the thing is because if we don't find grace from God the judgment will await some people think that the judgment of God is gone that the judgment of God is just something that we talk about that hell's fire is just something that we used to scare but let me tell you this morning that hell's fire is real the judgment of God is real the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life so this morning I came by to tell you that you got to get to a place of finding grace. How did David find grace? Because at the end of that text and at the end of that topic, David said I sinned before God. David did the most important thing that any believer can do. He confessed with his mouth his sins. Somebody needs to declare that I gotta confess some things to God. I gotta talk to God about some things, some issues I had. I gotta stop allowing my pride to think that it's hidden. I gotta stop allowing my self-esteem to think that God is just overlooking some stuff that I did. No, I gotta confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible said, then what? Then ye shall be saved. See, grace has been given to us so that we can find the opportunity to ask God to forgive us of our sins, not so that we can continue to sin in the same way, in the same manner, in the same light. We got to deal with grace from a standpoint of I'm a sinner yet saved by grace. I was like this. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a place where we got to deal with what we have to deal with internally. Somebody say, I got to find grace. I got to find grace. See, grace 
God's unmerited favor. Grace, that thing that we don't deserve, but God gives it to us each and every day. When you woke up this morning, some of you said, I, I don't feel like worshiping this morning. Some of you said, I don't feel like getting up and dressed. Some of you said, I don't even like this joker I'm laying next to this morning. But grace kept you. Grace kept you through all of that. Some of you said, I, why I got to go to church today? Why do I have to worship God? Why do I have to lift my hands in praise? Why do I have to lift my hands in worship? Because it's not you that saved yourself. How many people can declare that God, that I didn't save myself, but it was the hand of God. I dare somebody lift up your hands and begin to worship. It's not my own might that saved me. It's not my own authority that saved me, but it was the hand of God, the grace that covered me, the mercy that followed me. It was God that delivered me. It was God that brought me through a mighty long way. It was God that brought me through danger seen and unseen. When I didn't want to, God did. When I didn't have it, God supplied. When I didn't want to be here, God said I gave you life and life more abundantly. Who can declare that it's nothing but grace that brought me this far? It was nothing but grace. The song said amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Thank God. Mm, Jesus, I'm, I'm preaching this thing this morning. Thank God for saving me. I, I, I came to talk to you this morning that it's grace that changes the atmosphere. It's grace that shifts things. It's mercy that loves me. It's the angels that protect me. It's the angels that's going before you. I dare you begin to open up your mouth and simply say, God, thank you for my grace. 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 And because of grace, I can face tomorrow. The Bible, the songwriter said this, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Ah, see, too often are we like this rich man. What has God blessed you with that you're trying to take, that you're still in the mindset of trying to take from others? Ah. God said, no. You keep living that life that you've been living. My judgment awaits. <sighs> but if you surrender yourself to me, if you make me the Lord of your life, if you make me the Lord of your salvation, he said, there is no good thing that I withhold from you for those that walk upright before me. What is it that you need in your life? What is it that has been causing you distress? What is it that you have been chasing after that God is saying, bring it to me. What, what temptations have you told yourself God's not paying attention to? God's not worried about. But God said, I see it. I need you to know just where I am. At this moment, I don't know where you may be in your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who's listening or who's battling, who's struggling. But those eyes of yours have been wandering. Those, that mind of yours has been wandering. Thinking it's, the grass is greener over there. Thinking that they won't be hurt if I take them. If I, don't, if, I, if I do this, who I'm taking from will just get over it. 
David did not consider Uriah's feelings. David only wanted his selfish ambition. Too often your selfish ambition is what's keeping you from seeing the best of God. Too often you missing the mark because your selfish ambition, your selfish indulgence is keeping God's hand closed like this. God is saying, when will you release it to me? When will you bow down? When will you worship me? When will you make me the Lord of your life? Everything you've asked me for, I'm ready to release it, but your heart is not right. Jesus. Your spirit is not right. You've been lusting. You've been going after temptation after temptation after temptation. And temptation doesn't necessarily look ugly. The temptation of status. The temptation of title. The temptation of accolades. You put that before your relationship with God. And God is simply saying, when will you see that you cannot obtain any of that righteously without me? I've set you apart for a purpose. Yes, you're anointed. Yes, you're gifted. Yes, your purpose. But your temptation, your addiction, your lust is keeping my hand off of your life. And I've given you cycle after cycle after cycle to try to ask me for forgiveness, to get yourself right. And God is simply saying, just like he told Nathan, told David, he rebuked him. You know how much it takes to rebuke the king? How much it takes to rebuke the one who sits in authority that could have had your head chopped off? But David knew at that moment that David was wrong. And because David knew that he was wrong, he heard the voice of God through Nathan. Nathan said, because of this, this is what will happen to you. A lot of times, that's that changing point in my life because we do so much to one another that we never want the same thing to be done to us a lot of times when I'm in marriage counseling and counseling people I tell them to do this take a mirror and so say those same hurtful things that you say to one another in that mirror while it's looking back at you and in most cases people can't do it because you're telling yourself those same hateful things. And that's how a marriage operates. I don't even know why I'm dealing with marriages right now. But when you look at your spouse, if your spouse is a part of you, those nasty things, those hurtful things, those hateful things that you're saying to your spouse, you are in fact saying them to you. This morning, grace awaits for you. Grace is simply saying, I love you so much that I'm here to forgive you. I'm here to walk with you. You have this moment and this opportunity to chase out the one who sent me. This series is called Pursuing the Heart of God. Are you ready to pursue God? 
ready to pursue God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, this word has gone forth, God, dealing with a flawed heart. But we know you to be God and be God all by yourself. That God, even in the flawed moments, even in the season that we're in in our life right now, you're a healer, you're a deliverer. You said that you would come in and do surgery on us and change our life. God, we surrender to you right now in Jesus' name. All that we are, all that we've been, we surrender it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 I promised you I would not hold you. But real quick, before we even go any further, amen, before we go any further, it's Communion Sunday. But before I even do that, I need to, to ask you this. If there's anybody that's listening, anybody that's here, that has not given their life to Christ, that are saying, Pastor, that word hit me. I've been dealing with temptations. I've been dealing with a flawed heart. I love you, God, but my heart has been flawed. I don't really know my first step. God, is, God said, I will meet you. You take one step, I'll take two, and I'll meet you. The Bible says that Jesus said, Lo, I stand at the doorway and knock. And if anybody comes in, I'll come in. If anybody opens up the door, I'll come in and sup with them. I'll get personal with them. I'll become the Lord of their life. I'll become the Lord of their heart. I will become their God. And because of that, he comes to have right relationship with you. So first, if you have never given your life to Christ, I say this all the time, and you want to give your life to Christ right now, it's not hard. It's a simple confession. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. So if you believe that Jesus Christ is the true and living son of the living God, that he came to earth, that he died for our sins, that he not only died for our sins, but he was raised from the grave with all authority, the keys to death, hell, and the grave in his hands. The Bible said that you shall be saved. It's just that simple. Number two, if you have backslidden, you have a chance to just simply say, God, I've backslidden, and I want to come back into right relationship. I'm not going to make this hard this morning. Number three, if you desire healing for your body, any area of your life, any area, your body, your mental, your physical, your emotional, or your well-being. If you're saying, God, I need healing, God is saying, I'm standing here. The Bible said that he's a balm in Gilead. The Bible said that healing is the children's bread. You have the ability to seek healing. Number four, if you've never received the Holy Spirit, the Bible said, and he shall come upon you and you shall receive power from on high. Acts 2. The Bible said that there was a rushing wind that came in through the upper room, and they were filled with the Spirit of the Lord. There were, they were uh, tongues like cloven fire that fell upon the disciples, those that were there. If you're ready to receive power, God is here. Last thing, if you're looking for a church home, <laughs> let's make Liberty your home. We would love to have you, not just for numbers, because we want to impact lives. We want to impact a country, a world, a nation. We're not just local, we're international, and we're looking to impact on an international level. We would love to have you. 
And before we get into our communion, I'm going to ask you to do this for me. If you would like to join Liberty Christian Church International, go ahead and text. We have a, we have a new text number. Text LCCI to 474747. Can somebody put that in our, in, in our uh, Facebook page or something right now? For text LCCI to 474747, and we will get back to you. Amen? Amen. All right, it's communion time. <laughs> it is communion time. We're going to prepare our hearts and minds for communion. And we're just we're going to ask God to begin to do some amazing things as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion. Amen. 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 In the book of Luke, the 22nd chapter, beginning at the 14th verse, it said this. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never eat again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The Bible said then that he had taken a cup and given thanks and said, take this and share it amongst you. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine for now on until the kingdom of God comes. And then the Bible said that he took some bread. And he gave thanks. And even before we do that, I, I, I need you to take a moment because doing having communion, we know that the Bible said we do this unto remembrance of him. But there's a moment where you have to examine yourself. You have to look at yourself and say, God, have I, have I asked you for forgiveness? Have I repented of all of my sins? Have I done what I'm supposed to do so that me partaking into this is not as me eating unto damnation. So very quickly, before we break the bread, before we drink the wine, before we go through this process, I want you to take a minute out and ask God to forgive you of all of your sins. Get yourself right before we do this. We do not take this moment lightly. So let's take a moment just to ask God to forgive us. Amen. The Bible said that he broke the bread and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me as we prayerfully eat. Amen.
The Bible said on that same night, he took the cup, and after they had eaten, he said, this is the cup which is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. He said, there is one that behold that is betraying me who is mine on this table. For indeed, the Son of Man is going to have been betrayed. But woe unto him who is betrayed. The Bible said that they all sit there and wondered and asked, is it me? You don't ever want to be in a position of being the one to betray God. Betray Jesus Christ. You, you got to look at yourself and say, Lord, all that I've done, all that I've been, I pray that I've not betrayed you. The Bible said that Jesus blessed the cup. And he said, drink, for this is my blood. Amen, as we prayerfully drink. The Bible said that on this on that night that they did not that there was not a benediction that they went out and they celebrated. So as we close our service on this morning, this Sunday morning, let's go out rejoicing. Because the king we've invited him to come in and it is an awesome thing to see. It's an awesome feeling to have to know that he's in your life. Anybody happy that Jesus is in their life? Hallelujah. He is your king, he's your Lord, and he's your savior. Amen. So as always, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we want you to enjoy the rest of your day. Be blessed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty.